Yo, what's going on, everybody? How you doing? What's up, guys? What's up, Dane? What's going on, guys? Yo, everybody, welcome to the podcast, uh, Investor Thrive Nation, Investor Thrive Studio. We're in here about to collab, make a good podcast. Uh, We got our good friend, Dane. He's a local uh, buyer, wholesaler, flipper. He does it all. He's got his own e-commerce business. He's the man. So we're going to talk to him today, kind of figure out how we can, uh, you know, learn from his experiences. And if you haven't checked out InvestorDrive.com, it's a company business dedicated to helping real estate professionals in their personal lives, uh, thrive in their personal lives and in real estate. So check it out. Corey, you want to introduce Dane and, and let us know what we're going to talk to talk about today? Yeah, yeah. So we met make it, Dane. Make it good. Yeah, make dude. it a good intro. I'm doing my best. <laughs> we met Dane when, like, three years ago, two and a half years ago. We were in, we were in the whole thing. We were in that maybe. big office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you remember coming to that we big had office? Him come in. <laughs> you probably came in like, what are these guys doing? There's like one desk in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so we bought your buyers list, mm-hmm. right? We're yeah. we're uh, wholesaling our deals through another wholesaler at the time. We're mm-hmm. like, we got to start selling our own deals. Yeah, dude, I was tired. And I think you found was... out from Facebook, right? Yeah, you yeah, you were always Facebook. post. You were at Ria's and you were posting all the time. I said, this right. guy, this guy probably knows what he's doing. I didn't really know you at that time. Right, we didn't. We didn't. Yeah. Right. But uh, we were we were wholesaling like Corey was saying most of our deals our buyers list was weak for like the first year of wholesaling we had a weak buyers list like a hundred people. So we used Utah house buyers to sell most of our deals. And we cool. we got tired after a while, you know, giving away thirty percent just like anybody, right? They're sure. just like, hey, freak, you know, look at all this money I'm leaving on the table. And I I think I had asked them to buy their buyers list, and they're like, no way, because they they had us, you know, they were like, hey, we're making money, why would we give you our buyers list? So I was like. I'm getting a buyer's list today. And that's like when I decided, I messaged you on Facebook. I said, you got a buyer's list, dude, I'll pay for that. And you're like, well, no one's ever asked me for that, but okay. So we ended up buying your buyer's list. I think we gave you, I don't know if you get, I feel like you got a good deal. I mean, what I do you, what do you remember think? how much it was. But yeah, I remember it, feeling yeah. like it was, it was fair. Four, yeah, It was four grand. 4500 yeah. 4500 Yeah. He hooked us up, man. Right after we got it, we were able to sell, like, three yeah, deals. I mean, you guys got a screaming deal. Is that a screaming deal? That is a screaming deal. Because to be honest, like. <laughs> what would you sell it for now? I wouldn't now. You wouldn't, you wouldn't sell it at all? No. Hit us up. We'll sell it. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I call it. Buyers has tripled since. But. Oh, <laughs> dude, honestly, buyers, uh, man, buyers list is so important. But after you accumulate like a large one, there's, we just feel like we have so many buyers. And, right. and, and it's just hope. Honestly, I feel like buyers lists are overrated. You do? do why, you? why is yeah. that? I mean, we spent, we bought Nick Perry's buyers list. We bought Nick Perry's buyers list. For okay. nationwide wholesaling. It didn't help us sell one deal. Really, it, it, there's an art to using a buyer's list. I think email email was used to be the the way, and right. it's that doesn't get it done. Oh, it's brutal. It yeah, doesn't get it done all the time. That's tough. In Utah, that used to be like, hey, you send out an right. email blast is is done, but it's a done deal. And our our disposition took off when we started text messaging them. There you go. Yeah, I got a tip from from one of our guys here, and he's like, Dane, why aren't you texting them? Mm-hmm. And uh, we switched to that, and it was insane. The deal traction and the deal sizes ballooned like yeah, it was a, it was massive. And and I agree, like everybody, you know, like a lot of the and I can't speak to anybody else's buyers list because you know, like I I don't know everybody else's buyers list, but you know, there's a lot of people shielding stuff where they, you know, I could go on PropStream or something like that and buy a bunch yep. of like quote unquote buyers lists and sell it to you all day long and say, oh, this will be great. But I don't know, it's it's it it's yeah, hit or miss. We don't count that as a buyer's list. That's no. like a. I mean, that's a. That's honestly that's like trash. blasting a list of sellers. It's like the same thing. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Now it's something, you know, like if I was brand new, that's not, yeah, yeah, that's not a bad place to start. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you kind of craft it and hone it over time. And like you're saying, Nate, like it really is a science. In fact, we had, we were, I was out of town, um, like last week or a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And one of our newer guys, I put him in charge of a couple of deals that we need to close up. And I said, I said, be firm with the buyers. Like, you don't need to be soft with them like the sellers. Be firm. Because if you don't, they're going to take you for a ride. And I don't want to come back and you committed all this BS stuff to these guys. (laughs) So be firm. And he was a little too firm on a couple of the deals. Like, forget you. (laughs) Yeah. So the one buyer that that we had locked in that we'd gotten earnest money from, he was all pissed and thought we were, you know, taking advantage of him. So I had to jump in and save it and kind of finesse it. But there's... This really unique, I feel like, this unique dance between, like, being firm but understanding. And you got to keep guys hopeful. Like, I yep. mean, you guys know it's yeah. it's so incredible how many wholesalers are like, well, if you don't buy this deal, I'll find somebody else. <laughs> F all you guys, you know. Yeah. I'm like, you don't want to burn bridges. I mean, honestly, there's some buyers that are like, you guys make too, make too much money. And then sure. it's just like, uh, it's already already starting off like this. But Yeah. Well, with know. those people, they're never going to be a good buyer for you anyways that no. are like aggressive if they from think the you're making beginning. too much money like yeah i mean and good it, luck finding your own deals yeah and it's and once again it's like a it's a fine balance like we've had some deals where there was barely any traction and you just kind of took what you could get but we've had other guys like i had this one guy tell me i think this is a couple of years ago and he's mm-hmm. like we have a really firm like we don't pay any more than five thousand dollars to a wholesaler can you believe Classic. that and i told him i said look i'll be honest with you we usually make more on our assignment than you're gonna make flipping them because oh, i find the deal yeah, and if that's em. a problem for you then we're just not gonna work together bold. what like that's it. bold and i like it. And what we, happened and we and we we haven't talked since, so, <laughs> you know, I hope he's doing great. I really do, but Probably I think it's I important think to own your business model and know what you're looking to accomplish. I don't think flippers understand how much work and money and effort goes into finding deals. Right, yeah. and, and, I, and I had a talk with another buyer the other day, and I'm like, he's like, oh, you guys made 50 grand. I'm like, bro, how much do you think it costs to acquire a deal right now? Like, what do you think it costs us to, to acquire that deal? He's like, oh, I don't know, like a hundred bucks. I'm like, bro, depending on the lease or it's, it could be ten thousand dollars. Like, it could be ten thousand dollars to close this deal. If it was a hundred dollars to acquire a lead, we would be making more oh, money to acquire than a anyone. Deal, not the a profitability. Lead. To acquire a deal. Can you imagine? That would be we'd unreal. Be, yeah, I mean, we'd be flying. Yeah, it's insane. <sighs> so well, yeah, I told him I was like, dude, some lead sources, it's like ten grand. You know, it's I mean, ten, yeah, it is ten grand. Some lead sources. Yeah. That's just yeah, how Google it is. Google Ads. Yeah. Easy spend ten grand oh, to get easy. a deal. Easy. Are you still running your Google Ads? <laughs> no, we broke even. Dude. Luckily. It's and sad. I got out. I it's was like, tough nope, here in Salt Lake. We're not you, doing that. You, it's like a $600, $700 a click sometimes. Dude, it's worth Is that what you guys were seeing? I don't even remember. I remember. I mean, we literally had like, and I'm sure there were probably other people in Utah that will laugh, you know, because they know what they're doing. But, I mean, we probably had like 10 calls in uh-huh. six months. We closed one of them. But I felt like, I don't know, I felt like a lot of those, it was kind of like doing mail. Like, it was so competitive still. Oh, they're f- not, they're, you I think mean, they're just filling kind of out yours? Those are oh, kind of the numbers, is. though. One in ten, that's yeah, that's about right. And I and I tell you, like, the longer that I'm around, the I'm I'm just not interested in competing for deals. Like, I'm, I'm not. I'm just not. 
Yeah. And it's fascinating to see. And I had, like, I had. That's uh, all we do. <laughs> right, right. And it's I crazy, just, bro. like, I hate that business model because it's often like you either you need to be a really good salesperson for that mm-hmm. to work, mm-hmm. which is important. I mean, that's a skill you should craft, anyways. But it's also oftentimes a race to the bottom. Like, who can give the seller the most money? And I think that's great, right? Like, and, and I want to be really smart about how I say this because we're never, we never do it. In my opinion, we've never done a deal where we've put the seller in a worse position than when we met him. No, yeah. And there's a lot of people, people that do. And I think that's unfortunate. We've had, we've had plenty of deals we've canceled just because it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, you need to be firm. You know, I'm not interested in backing out of a deal because they want to sell to somebody else for more money you know we need to find a way to work together there but i feel like we found a really good niche in finding deals where not necessarily there's never competition but far less than ppc or mail you know yeah and and i want to do i want to do less deals but big deals i think our average deal size this year is like in the forty thousand dollar range, that's that's where it's worth that's it. Awesome. That's when it's worth it. Right? Oh yeah, you start doing deals like eight thousand, ten thousand, even fifteen thousand now, right. is is not that good, right? For your average wholesale fee, right? It's all about that ratio, right, between what you spend to get a deal and what you make on the deal, right? So and if you're not four or five xing that, you're gonna struggle, right? And so many new people, especially, and I think all your guys are new people that we're speaking to, right? Yeah, they're new. Yeah, so, but I, they need to know the truth. Yeah, I think it's really important that, in fact, I'll break this down because I, I break think it down, brother. We're kind of going all over, but I, but I'll give you a lot of the nuggets that I wish that I would have known when I was new. Okay, so right now we're going into the nuggets you wish you would have known when you were new. Is yeah, let's. Well, so let me go. We'll back up a little bit. I'll give you a little bit of introduction for like a minute, and then okay. we'll jump into some of these other like nuggets that I think would have been really helpful to understand when I was new to help paint a picture to really understand what it is that I wanted to create with this business. Okay. Um, so like you guys said, I'm Dane. We intro, met a few baby. years ago. Um, I got started. A intro. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I try to splice these up so oh, people okay. don't have to watch. That one will be difficult to splice. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, dude. You just turn into a buyer's list thing. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, buyer's list for the first portion. Okay. Uh, but uh, so I got started in wholesaling uh, about, what has it been? About five years ago. And um, I was working in the tech industry. Funny enough, I went and got a master's degree because I was scared to be a salesperson. Mm-hmm. I, did, I wanted to educate myself out of having to sell to make good money. was my thought process yeah. at the time. And uh, so I went and did a bunch of school. And I was, um, in fact, this is funny. I remember being in school and I met this kid. We were playing basketball one night, and I said, you know, what are you majoring in? And he was like, oh, entrepreneurship. He's oh. like, I, I knock doors during the summer, and I sell pest control. And he thought he was so cool. And I thought in my head, dude, what a freaking loser. Like, he does, he's <laughs> the only I... person that doesn't know he's a loser, <laughs> but he so is. Like, what a, what a scummy sales guy. Come to find out that the dude's, like, making six figures a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm bare. Like, as a student, as a college student, dude, I'm probably – I'm probably not even making 20 grand a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was way ahead of the curve. Hey, I, I'm not, I, no offense to all that, but I got my degree in entrepreneurship and I did door to door sales for yeah, like yeah, six yeah. years. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not the scummy sales guy, but I, sure, I, I understand sure. what you're saying. Yeah. A lot of those dudes that are just driving around like young, thinking they're cool. 
they they come off as a bunch of douches, right? Sure. And so, I but I wish saying. I wish I would have had the insight. Like he was so far, he was so much further ahead of the curve than me. So come to find out, right? I went the track of like what the American dream, if you will, is like uh-huh. safety and security and a safe job with benefits and all this stuff. And I, I so I worked at a couple of tech companies. I was doing um, implementation and. And uh, I was helping clients use our services and be effective once they were selling. Mm-hmm. And um, and I moved to a new company. It was actually here in, in Lehigh. It was a super cool tech company. We were a fintech company. People I was working with were super sharp. Everybody was there. It was awesome. Like, mm-hmm. it was, I'd, like, made it, right? Sweet. And I was on track to make, like, 70 grand that year um, if I hit all my bonuses and I remember getting that job, and I told my wife, I was like, we've made it. Like, we're rich. I'm making rich. 70 we did grand it, a baby. year. Like, we did it, honey. Let's go get a new car. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like we made it. And that's after your master's? Yeah, this okay. is after my master's. What did you get your master's in? Uh, it's called Industrial Organizational Psychology. Yeah. So it's a mouthful, essentially, for applying psychological principles to business to help people be more effective and yeah. whatnot. So a lot of the people I went to school do human resources or business management for Coke and Pepsi and Google. They do psychometrics and Stuff like that. So it's been good. It's been useful in like hiring and building a team. But you know, I I I I spend a, a fair amount of time trying to convince people if they have any entrepreneurish bones in their bodies to go and forego school and just start something. Like, right. In fact, I told a guy the other day, I was like, bro, if I could go back to school, I would get as much student debt as I possibly could. I would really? get all of it. Anything they'd throw at me, I would get all of it. And I would use that to inv- to make small bets to try to figure out being an entrepreneur, whether it be investing in crypto, which I think if you're not investing in crypto right now, you absolutely should be. You're missing a massive what do you, wave. You got crypto. Bitcoin and all that stuff? Are you doing no, it all? No, I don't buy any of that. No, I don't buy Bitcoin. And I, I'm way more interested in like smaller cap stuff. Okay. Not way small, but I want stuff that that's like at the cutting edge. So you see a lot of like, I mean, we could talk about crypto okay, all day, yeah, but... Yeah. But long story short, like, I would be putting a a little bit in crypto. I would be, you know, playing my hand at trying some different businesses. And and you could learn very quickly what worked and what didn't, what you were good at and what you're not. So you're talking about using student debt instead of paying for school, investing in other ventures? Yeah, because a lot of the time now, I think to pull that off, and I and I want to, ca- I have to place a caveat, like, I would not commit fraud, right? Like, I'm not creating, yeah, I'm not trying yeah. to commit student hey, loan man, debt you got fraud. a lot of listeners here that are interested <laughs> in what you're saying. However, that being said, I know tons of people that I went to school with, and they lived these stupid, outrageous lifestyles. And I remember asking the one kid, he'd always show up in, like, new clubs. I'm like, bro. Do you, I, I've never seen you, like, work. How do you, like, how do you pay for all this right, stuff? yeah. And he's like, oh, like, I just, what do you mean? I just pay it for my student, with my student loans. Oh, gosh. He's like, I just, it's it's easy. I'll just pay, I'll just get this really good job when I'm done, and I'll pay the oh, student gosh. loans. Yeah, one of my buddies bought, like, a brand new TV when we were in college, uh-huh. and I was like, where'd you get that money? He's like, oh, student loans. Right. And I'm like, wow. So I would crazy. overfund that like crazy. That's going to be some of the cheapest, easiest money you're going to get in your whole freaking life. And if you have an entrepreneurial bone in your body and you're not doing that, you're missing out. Like I literally have considered, I'm like, what would it look like if I went back to school just to get more funding? (laughs) Seriously, I'm giving it now, not a ton of thought, but but I've had a little bit of thought there. 
And and I don't. I mean, how cheap is that money anyway? Isn't it like two percent or something? I think I think the most expensive loan I had was like six percent. I know that if you start stepping out, like my wife went to uh, one of those like tech tech schools that's a for profit school to be a nurse. I think some of her loans were like ten or twelve percent. Maybe that's high though. Maybe it's like eight. But even then, man, like I would take debt like that all day long, amortized over however long it is that they do at that interest rate. Cause I know I could, I, I know that with my eyes closed and my hands tied behind my back, I could double, triple five X that any year. I easy. love it, dude. I love it. Easy, dude. easy. And, and that's all, that's a good feeling. And is. I, and I think this is really important to understand. I'll, I'll probably say that phrase a lot. <laughs> so when I started out, cause it's really easy to listen to podcasts like that. And it's really easy mm. to say like, Oh, these guys have it figured out. Like they could go and spin up something new and make more money. Like you can, but it's like going to the gym. It's a skill set that you learn. You don't get in good shape by going, you know, once a month. You get in good shape by doing it every freaking day. Yeah. And it's who you are. It's your lifestyle. And so I've really, I found that I love, I love creating opportunities for the people that I work with. I love building a dope team. I like, you know, making money is a nice, you know, benefit of doing those things, but I want a skill set where I could create and build. Yeah. And anybody can do that. And you'll find that as you get in and you start doing and trying to build stuff that you'll find. And I think I think that if you can find what you're good at as fast as humanly possible and what you're not and play to your strengths, you're going to be in so much better shape, like point in case. And this will lead us kind of like a little bit more about me so i started wholesaling you know five years ago Mm -hmm. um i did it took six months i was like running out of money i did my first deal i was sending out mail i made i think i spent i sent five grand in mail and i made like 2500 bucks on that deal and i'm like oh crap you know what i'm gonna do now i went to uh an event here locally where uh actually brent daniels shout out to brent credit where credit is due i was talking TTP. to ttp i was talking about his cold calling program if i'm not mistaken and maybe i am but i believe that i'm the first or really dang close to one of brent's first like paid students you might be yeah because i remember i was talking to jerry norton he said brent da- brent daniels right mm-hmm. started around that time when yeah. you started wholesaling mm-hmm. he started coaching yeah and, uh, and so I'm out of money. Brent had come into town, and he's talking about how they're cold calling to find deals. I'm taking pictures of everything, and I'm writing it all down. Because I'm out of money, and I'm like, I have to go. I have to change. <laughs> taking that picture. I remember those. Like, oh, yeah. The big old projector, and you're like. Oh, the slides <laughs> pop up. My phone's out. I'm getting all of it. Oh, and I And I went home, and I said, well, this is what I'm going to do. And I remember... I'd, I'd gotten a tax delinquent list here locally in Utah, which come to find out is super competitive. I had no idea at the time. Everyone says it's a great list. And I prayed and I, I said to God, I'm like, I'm, I'm literally going to call this list till I make money or I, or you tell me to do something different. Nice. And I'm going to do that until I make money or we lose our house and we lose our cars (laughs) and we lose all of it. Now my wife didn't know this. But I was ready to freaking yeah. lose everything. <laughs> I love it. And go live in my parents' basement, which which is a very fortunate, bad circumstance to be in. If that's the worst case scenario, go live in my parents' basement. 
Let's hey, bet man. the farm and go. Let's be real. A lot of people yeah, got nice great. basements here in Utah. All right. <laughs> these are some nice basements. How big is the basement? That's the real now, now it's a fine basement, you I know. Yeah. But and I'm blessed to be in that circumstance. But I, it, there's no better time to bet or uh, to to make big bets than when you're young and you don't have much to like save. You know, mm-hmm. that time we have like some cheap cars and a house and big deal if you lose those. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a good thing too at that point to be like, hey, if I lose it. You know, it's going to be okay. A lot of people have that That's fear. That's a good mindset. It's Even good mindset. losing your house, like being like, if I lose my house, I'll be fine. Oh, yeah. And the I reason. That's a big hurdle people have. Oh, huge. And the reason that I was willing to bet like that is because I was listening to podcasts like this. And there's guys on there talking about how they made like, they do like a million bucks a year in revenue, which mm-hmm. at the time was like massive. Oh, you're, and you hear podcasts now, and it feels like everybody does a million bucks a year. And now, the, you know, yeah. doing three, four, five, whatever. You know what I mean? But that was, I mean, I, I'm in my head, I'm like, I'll give everything away to figure out how to go make a million dollars a year. If that means losing my house and living in my parents' basement for the next year, like, I'll, I'm happy to pay that price because the upside's huge. Right. It's huge. And so I, um, so I got on the dialer and I started calling that list and I, it was right at 14 hours of dialing. And I get on and I, this dude answers and I say, hey, 14 no, hours straight. Oh, no, certainly not. I think that was probably, like, over the course of a week or yeah, something like yeah, that, yeah. you know? 14 hours, that'd be uh, almost hours. Oh, yeah, I was committed. I was like, <laughs> I woke up at 3 in the morning, yeah, and I just kept going. <laughs> and, uh, no, that was probably over the course of a week, broken up over a few days. And I'm I'm sitting there, and I feel like it's so important to be connected to, like, whatever your higher power is and your purpose, like... I think it's so important to be connected into those when you're trying to create something like a business. And because for me, that kept me going. I really feel like I had a number of times where like we had run out of money. My wife's like, hey, you know, I really respect what you're trying to build here. But you, you we have to like we have to make some money here. Um, so was she working, by the way, or was it just you? Yeah, so we're, we're and I set, our, I set us up pretty good. Like, we were renting our basement at the time, so our mortgage payment, it almost covered our mortgage. She was a nurse, um, and then we were breeding dogs as well. We still have the dog breeding business that we've expanded. And so we're doing good, but not enough that, like, we could cover all of our expenses. So I had about a six-month runway. And so I'm about to that six months, and she's like, Dane, you know, you need to get a job or you need to make some money. And I'm like, I mean, I don't disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sounds like you're in a tough position, man. Oh, 100. Um, percent But but you have to like you have to be put in those positions to find out like who you are, what type of man or woman you are. Mm-hmm. And um, and I've always been somebody that like the pressure, even though it's not comfortable, produces really good results. Like I was always the person that stayed up all night doing the assignment at school like the night before or in the morning before school like I'm freaking good when the pressure's on and I and I need to and I need to perform I'm freaking really good at that I love it and uh and so I was in that position I really felt strongly oh so she's like Dane you know I need to go get a job and I told her that I'd apply for a few and so every time I'd go to like put my hands on the keyboard to apply for a job it was like God is like Dane he'd hold you back Literally, he's like, what are you doing? Stop. Like, that's what I'm hearing in my head. He's like, stop, Dane. And then there would come the reassurance. He's like, Dane, I've got you. 
fucking on. I'm like, you know, well, so well, don't give up. You got an e-commerce bur- e-commerce <laughs> business to run in the future. There's a bigger purpose here, though. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, you know, like one way or another, God's either gonna make this work, or we're gonna lose our house. Uh, and so e- and either of those is like n- not a terrible situation in my head at the time. And so I'm on the dialer, 14 hours deep. This dude, I, he answers. I say, you know, would you consider selling your house? And he says, no. And I'm about to say, you know, I'm about to say, like, oh, okay, no problem. Do you have anything else you consider selling and hang up on? And and I don't know why, but I paused long enough for him to say no. And then he said, it's because it's not worth anything. And I was like, oh, what do you mean by that? You know, like, though, like I knew enough at this point that I'm like, okay, that's there, there might be something here. So I'm like, what do you mean by that? And he said, long story short, he had this deal where he bought it like five years or six years previous. Um, he bought it at an auction. He wasn't an investor, he, but he'd had enough cash. It was like 50 or 60 grand that he bought this house cash. It was a hoarder house. He was going to clean it out and live in it, right? So he bought it. He cleaned it out. He moved all of his belongings in. He slept there one night, and he said, there's no way I can live in this dump. He left all almost all of his stuff there and lived moved in with his friends and had been living with his friends for the last five, almost six years. And sounds like the, that sounds like the perfect situation oh, dude, for what like, we do. God, like coming down out of heaven and handing <sighs> me like this the perfect opportunity. Yeah. The greatest, yeah. The greatest <laughs> dude. on the golden platter. Dude. Yeah. He says, I couldn't even give it to you. You're like, are you sure about <laughs> that? Now that being said, now it looked great right on the surface. I look it up on the tax assessor. I think the tax assessor worth says it's worth like 120 grand. And I tell the guy, I'm like, I'm like, you know, well, what if I could find a way to like just put the money back in your pocket that you paid for? Like just get you out, get your money out so you're not tied to this anymore and you could just move on. And he's like, Oh, you think you could do that? And I'm like elated right now. It says 120 on the tax assessor. I'm trying to get it for 50 or 60. I'm like, this has to be a deal. I haven't even seen the property. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, like, you know, I think we can. Where do you live? Like, I'll just I'll just come to wherever you're at and we'll put the we'll get the paperwork out of the way, no problem, and then we'll I'll I'll deal with the property after. He's like, Oh yeah. So I jump in the car, print off this this real estate purchase agreement, and I'm praying the whole way. I'm like, God, don't let somebody call this guy before oh, I get gosh. there. Don't let don't let them see any marketing. Like, just let me get there. No mailers, no and text. Freaking, yeah, no, I need please. to put this deal under contract and figure it out. So, uh, so super nice guy. Um, I go over there. We put it under. I put it under contract, and um, and I'm super excited, right? And then the next thing I find is that the house is in bankruptcy. Oh. Like, son of a bitch. Yeah. This seriously. thing is like, this is potentially a dead deal now. Uh-huh. Like, this could be a dead deal. And in fact, one of my mentors that's done a world of good for me, I asked him about it. He's like, oh, yeah, Dane, that deal's dead. Like, don't waste oh, your time. Gosh. But I'm in a position where I have to perform. Like, I have to, no matter what. So I have to see this lead to the end to make sure it's a deal or it's not. And so I talked to the seller, and he's like, well, you know, the only reason that it's in bankruptcy is because I wanted to save it from going to tax sale. I said, oh, that's that's it. It'd been, and get this, it, he had been on the tax list for, for five years. Oh, like wow. here in Utah, they go to sell after five years. And, and he had been marketed to, when I bought that house and we went in there, I should say when I put it under contract and we went in there, there were stacks of mail, oh. like we'll buy your house, filled in the mailbox, in the house, like, 
He, he just didn't he, care. He, he had probably had a thousand postcards over the How years. How much money would that be? You know, 30, 40 cents a mailer? Oh, money, yeah. You know, all that money, just burn <laughs> it, dollars. Just insane. Thousands of dollars, just burn it. But he wasn't ready yet, right? And and timing is everything in wholesaling. And so, um, it, it so, is. so I call his attorney and I say, hey, like, what do we need to do to make this deal work? He says the only thing that's tied up in the bankruptcy is the house. Is that right? And he says, yeah, that's it. And I said, what do we need to do to sell this? We, we, me and my partners, or we want to buy this. He said, oh, I can just dismiss the bankruptcy if you guys have a purchase agreement in place. I said, oh, I got the purchase agreement. That's he said, send it, send it to me. I said, oh, cool. So I sent it to him. Like three days later, bankruptcy is dissolved on the premise that the house is sold, right? Beautiful. And so I will go and I find a seller, um, which is hilarious because at, at, like at the time, I think I sold it for like, what I put it under for sixty. I made just a hair over seventy grand on the, as the assignment fee. You made seventy thousand on your first se- second 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 deal. Fee? Seventy grand, just over. That's great, dude. And uh, which is what I made in a whole year at my job. Like oh, it was gosh. insane. You were you were what is your first deal? What did you make? Twenty five hundred, right? Twenty five hundred. I'd sent five thousand bucks in mail. Yeah. And you know. Going back, you probably could have sold it for more, probably, right? Then making seven, you probably could have made more, right? Oh, for sure. If I would add a big buyer's list and all that stuff, absolutely. And in fact, if I were in that position, we did a deal with a guy the other day, and, and we work with a lot of wholesalers locally. And I say, hey, like, just call us and we'll sell your deal for, you know, for flat $5,000. And, um, and I had a guy that we sold his first and second deal, and I think he made like 30 and 40 or 50 grand. 30 on the first and 40 or 50 on the second. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, if I would have had somebody like me with oh, the reach, gosh, I probably would have made a hundred grand on that. hundred percent. Now so that you, being, so you only charge five grand to blast out deals. Yeah. We just do a flat five. Yep. You, you like that more than the 30% or, you know, the... I mean, I absolutely want to make more. Like we sold the deal for the guy other this week. He made, he made over a hundred grand on the assignment fee. Now, I would have loved to have had more of that. That's awesome. But my thought process is... He's going to keep coming back to you. Yeah, exactly. And we want to have a good working relationship where we can do more business. So, you know, like I would... And the deals vary a little bit. Like if you need me to come in and be Rumpelstiltskin and spin, you know, straw into gold, mm-hmm. I'm going to make some more money right, because there's more right. work. Yeah. But if you bring me a deal and you're like, Dane, I just need some traction for you to sell this, then yeah, we just do a flat five That's and so it's cool, easy. Bro. Good job. Um, awesome. but so, so I went, did that deal and, uh, and we closed it and it was great. And, um, and yeah, so that's kind of how I started and what we got into and, uh, and what we do now. And, so um, we had a similar set, our second or third deal was, would have been giant like that, but we just didn't know. Sure. And we ended up selling to one of our partners that we were working with at that time. And uh, he got a killer deal. I think he made probably like two hundred thousand on that thing, like one hundred fifty. Okay. It was a sick deal. Sure. So yeah, in the beginning, we, yeah, like you're, what you're offering right now is the five thousand dollars to help. Like that's so helpful to new wholesalers because oh, they're gonna get taken advantage of by a uh, by a buyer, like oh, and not knowing. Oh yeah, and if you call me and I'm the buyer, right? If I need to buy, like right now, I need to buy properties to cost segregate them, so I don't pay any taxes for this year. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I'm looking for deals, and absolutely, like, I want to find good deals. I don't want to go pay retail, and all all the investors are the same. Everybody Everybody, wants a good deal. And so, you know, like, I, I, you know, you just have to be smart about what you're doing. Now, that being said, right, I think it's important you want to treat buyers well. Like, we have a deal right now where we're refunding some money because the seller was a freaking liar. 
They're, you know, they conned some money out of the deal and didn't tell about a tenant that was in place with a lease agreement for oh six months. Gosh. And he prepaid like six G's. And the buyer's like, well, I wouldn't have bought this otherwise. I'm like, well, you did. Where do we stand? And he's like, well, if you can give me the six grand back, we'll be good. I'm like, well, that's a lot better than a lawsuit. And he's going to keep coming back doing deals. And that's the right thing to do. So we that's send cool. him the check yeah, and like we keep him. Pulled a sneaky one on you Oh, guys. he screwed oh, us. He, he knew what he was doing. Well, the time and that too. was us selling a deal for another guy, this new wholesaler, and um, and there just was some due diligence that wasn't done that we do went on our own deals. But I just I didn't even think to tell him because I just it's I, a lot I'd of work for you them. to check on. Oh, it's a know, lot. Yeah, see what they've done. I mean, we've JV'd with a, a lot, lot of people too. Check. Oh, doing a deal. JVing yeah, can know. be can be tough. JVing, you're, you're technically JVing, but just for a flat fee, it's it can be pretty uh you know intense sometimes. It, so can, it can be, be easy or it can be a nightmare. So right, mostly nightmares. Well, uh, for us at least. Oh really? Ours have been pretty smooth, and I feel like we're dialing in our our process. But I yeah, I mean I think that deals can absolutely be messy. Deals can be clean. Usually they're messy, and I feel like it's. Our job in our company, we try really hard to like set fair, fair expectations, just tighten it up. I know you guys do a good job of that too, and nothing ever goes perfect. But I feel like we head off a lot of the problems before they become big problems, and um, and we keep it moving. Sweet. So that's been good. So that was your intro, huh? Yeah, that was my intro. <laughs> I could talk all day. What are I'll we? Look. We're thirty-two minutes deep. Are we? Yep. Uh, well, I'm down to keep asking Should some we? questions if you got time. Yeah, you, I got another looking? 30 minutes. How are you? What time is it? Four. Yeah, I got some time. All right. You got to be out of here. I just need to leave here around 4.30. Okay. At, around 4.30? Okay. okay. Well, I, I actually got to get, you know, so it's about 10, 15 more minutes. Okay, okay. yeah. So I want. I was really interested to find out what you said. Uh, if you were doing this again from the beginning, I mean, you told us about the, the roller coaster ride you had. What would you mm-hmm. give to the audience if they're they're starting, m- most of the people that are listening are brand new. Sure, sure. So, what are some things that you would you know want to let the audience know that you wish you knew when you first started? Oh man, that wholesaling's hard. Oh, freaking way hard. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like, and this is this is really interesting, and I think this is a great perspective, especially for new people. I thought that when I started, you know, I was going to go like dominate the world and we'd make just buckets of cash and it'd be easy because mm-hmm. that's what most coaching programs tell you. It's going to be way easier yeah. than it actually is. Yeah. And, um, and it's been really eye opening to get to know a lot of people across the country. And, and you guys, you guys and I, we know a lot of the same people. I mean, and there's people that are doing, you know, millions of dollars every year. Um, I don't know many people doing more than like four ish or five ish. Um, million a year gross mm-hmm. and most of them you know it it all right profit margins um but i i would say that the law of din- diminishing returns in my opinion starts to happen after you're making about a million and a half to two million bucks a year at least as the market currently stands mm-hmm. and the way i've treated it because i've had the foresight from some of these other guys is that that are making all this money that are making all the money is we go to these masterminds and the real good stuff seems to happen like after midnight for some reason 
when you're just hanging out and shooting the breeze, <laughs> and then like the real magic starts the, to the happen. The real, the truth comes the real out. Yeah. Ideas come so out. like I specifically try to sleep extra before I go because <laughs> I know I'm gonna be up super late and I'm not gonna be sleeping because I want to have like those really intimate. Does the alcohol start coming too when they start giving the, sh- the shooting the truth? Or? Some of them, but for the most part, like I would say no. Okay, like a lot of the time, it's level headed, but I feel like everybody is kind of tired and then they're more willing to open up. Because everybody wants to put their best foot forward on yeah. how their businesses is doing. Oh, 100%. But, but I can't tell you a single person that I've met. Now, I haven't met everybody, right? But every single person that I've I would say, yeah, just about everybody that's coming to Shoot mind that's it, doing really. a million or more a year that I know personally that's really gone into depth with me on their business is like, Dane, like, I wouldn't rebuild this. Like, if my team all quit today, I wouldn't rebuild this. I would wow. go do something else. They'd go do e-commerce. Yeah, or they'd go, they'd go, yeah, they'd go do coaching, or they'd go do, there's a million ways to make a buck. Mm-hmm. But, and so I've taken that foresight to heart, and I, and, and my opinion in the business is I think that the, the business should allow you to go and use money to make easier money. Like we talked about before, like wholesaling is hard money. It, it just it's well, a grind. Hard money. I mean, <laughs> it's a grind. It's, even thinking about it. Well, I mean, it's it, yeah, it's hard money to make. Well, I mean, I I we were talking to uh, Jordy, and he's like, even finding as a broker, finding buyers that like are motivated to New buy your properties, all deals all the time. That's a grind. Like I right. think. Like what you're saying, there's just a sphere of like you having businesses well, that like you have a marketing, to get. prospecting, Mar- sales business is a lot of work. Oh, it's so much work. It's just the way they are, it's right? Just, yeah. And it's not, and it's not a sellable business. And I wish I would have given more credence to that idea when I started. You mean sellable? Like, hey, you, if you present your business to me, I and said, hey, will you buy this? You'd I, offer him a dollar, yeah. and I'd say, yeah. What are you, you gonna pay for it? my business? Ten like. Bucks. <laughs> it's not. It's not a right. It's not a real valuable asset. Have no assets. To no, sell. exactly. And so I look back, and I had uh, one of my buddies, Gabe, out in Florida. He's great, and he he has a, a operation where they do a couple million bucks a year. And he's like, Dane, you know, it's really fascinating. He's like, I sit back and I think how much time I've put into my business over the last seven years, all to build something that's not sellable. Mm-hmm. And he's made plenty of money, but he's like, man, if I would have if I would have put that time into building something that was a sellable business, I mean, you probably I if I started now and I spent the next five to seven years building a business, I promise it's a ten to fifty to hundred million dollar plus business, period, because I know enough about business now that I could go start in a segment where I could build a sellable asset that has market desire that people would pay really good money for. So let me ask you this really quick. So most of the reason people get into wholesaling because they see the big checks, right, the right. big money, and they say, hey, I can cherry pick. I can cherry pick stuff I want to keep. Right. How, how, out of those people that are doing all that volume and you yourself, how many do you really keep? Uh, like, cause that's why we were kind of, that's why know, most people get in. People, they want passive they, income, right? Yeah, They want to get some, Oh, yeah. this is a great property. Instead of wholesaling it, let me, let me keep it for my portfolio. Yeah. So how much, does that really happen that much in your opinion, Dane? I, I would say no, it's really easy to get caught up and you're making, especially like the, the ones you make the most money are really the ones you probably should keep. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they are because they're the best deals and appreciation and all that type of stuff. Now, 
that being said, there's a trade-off, right? Because you have to keep your business going. And so you have to be generating revenue, and so you have to sell off deals. I don't know a, I don't, and, and I know a lot of people. I don't know many people that like love real estate for the sake of real estate. Like there's very few landlords, in my opinion, that mm-hmm. I've met that, old, that own hundreds or thousands of doors that they're like, I just freaking love real estate. <laughs> they don't care about real estate. They, they love money, wanna, yeah. Yeah, they want to make a check and have an impact. And, and the way that I personally, because I like the fast money. If you can give me an easy check, man, I'm the biggest sucker to take it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Because, like, a, a check now is oftentimes better than a one with hopes and dreams later. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather take the guarantee now most of the time. And so where I've kind of come to, like, a good balance is I buy, I buy rentals in order to make it so I don't pay taxes. That's it. I can make it cash flow-wise... And revenue-wise, I can make way more money building businesses, period. It's not even close. But I don't know a better way to pay no taxes than buying rentals. And so I do that through a cost segregation study. Um, if you guys, after the podcast, I can give you guys my information. You could tag it in the podcast. But if you guys need help will, with yep. cost segregation, feel free to reach out to me. I've got a number of contacts. But essentially the way the math works out on a cost segregation study is you take your income, your taxable income, and you multiply that by three. Okay. And that's the amount of, of real estate you need to purchase in order to wash your income away okay. for tax purposes. That's good info. Yeah. So if you make a million bucks in a year, you need to go buy $3 million worth of real estate and cost segregate it all so you don't pay taxes. And in fact, I, I got a check for 5000 bucks last year back from the government. That's awesome. So that's kind of how the math works out. And so I base it kind of on that where I say at the beginning of the year, hey, I think I'm going to make roughly X. I'm going to start buying some stuff. And then it turns out to be a little bit of a blitz at the end of the year to try to catch up to buy whatever I need to buy. Are you um, getting most of the rentals you're buying from the MLS, from properties that you're getting through your business? How, how are you getting your rentals? Yeah, so I'm, I'm getting them through partnerships. I'm getting them through other wholesalers. I'm getting them from our deal flow. Um, and so I, once again, I just want to buy enough to be able to make it so I don't pay taxes. And so, yeah, so those are the streams that I'm getting them from. And my priority, and every market's a little bit different, but in Utah, you know, the cash flow is typically never going to be good. We've done pretty good with our Airbnbs. The cash flow is pretty good if we, if you go an Airbnb, in my in my experience thus far. Um, but the rentals are weak because the property prices are so high. Yeah, the cash flow sucks. And so you're buying it for appreciation, and you're buying it to be able to not pay taxes. And so it's this tricky balance where you know, I certainly don't want to pay taxes. And so I so I say, hey, maybe my tax liability is like a hundred grand in taxes. Well, I'd much, I'd much rather buy a, a rental property and mm-hmm. keep that rather than paying the taxes. Um, but also like rentals are far from this passive, hopeful dream of mailbox money and, you know, units yeah, more or less. Yeah, like you need to have the economies of scale for that really to work. And that probably means... now. Now I promise you could find people that's why that would people say like multifamily, right? Yeah, that's why they like multifamily. You, I would say that generally speaking, we are. In fact, I was arguing this the other day with one of my buddies. I think that you probably need like fifty plus doors before you start hitting the economies of scale. Now, now, 
I can only speak to buying in a, in Utah and Memphis. Mm-hmm. I've bought in both, and and I have rentals in both, um, but primarily here in Utah because properties are expensive. But until you start getting economies of scale where it pencils to have management and assistance and help and all that type of stuff, like you're the person they're calling to go it's and grind, fix right? crap, or yeah, it's another grind. It's another grind, and the problem is, is when you're in a place like Utah, if you don't have the economies of scale and the cash flow isn't that good already, well, now you've got to find a way to still take care of and maintain the properties, service the tenants. And rehab them when something bad happens. Like I have a seller finance deal that I bought early this year that on paper was a great deal. I bought it. It was $15,000 down for this little duplex. There were meth heads in both sides, but they were both paying rent at the time. I knew I was going to have to remediate the property. But I thought I'd probably see like six months six months of cash flow before that happened. Real quick, do you know how much it costs to remediate a property usually? Yeah, so those ones that I remediated over there were like five thousand bucks a unit. And those are small, like those are only four hundred square feet a unit, so maybe more for bigger property. But it's really not as expensive as it used to be. Okay, okay. sorry, go back. And so, um, so when a push came to shove, it was a nightmare getting them out. <laughs> the police came and raided the property, so that was helpful. Um, and That's I think the, I was on the news, like, you know, it's just part of the And the news and, and the tagline, it's like, I'll buy your house. <laughs> right, I should have worn a shirt <laughs> with branding on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that that property, like, it was, I got it on seller finance terms, which was great, but now I've got to put another, I thought it was only going to be, like, 20 or 30 grand into it. I think I'm probably, like, closer to 60 or 70 Damn. with rehab and everything that's needed. It needed come to find out and need a little bit of foundation work and oh, some gosh. of this other BS. That's my fault. I didn't do a, I didn't do enough due diligence and and that's my fault. Like we um, usually don't. <laughs> yeah. And I learned from that. Like I learned that so now we do our due diligence much more thorough after buying that property. And so that property goes from like a deal where I only have ten grand sunk into it and I'm cash flowing a thousand dollars a month to now I've got seventy in it and now like I'm trying to think, how can I increase my cash flow so I can get my money back in the next couple of years? So I think with Airbnb and that one, I should be able to get my money back in about two years. But like the return on that sucks. That's yeah. 50% a year, which for a lot of people, that's a lot of money. But in a business, if you're only getting 50% a year of money, on, you're only getting 50% like yeah. you're out of business. Where'd you find that? Yeah. From other that was that was from our marketing. Okay, your marketing. Yeah, so that was from our marketing. How do you pay your your team out on ones that you keep? Um, so I treat it. We treat it just like a wholesale, okay. and I say, okay, like so you're wholesaling it to yourself, which you're yeah. probably another LLC. You I have say, or, what do we think that this thing could wholesale for? We come to an agreement, and then I pay commissions based that, on okay. that amount. That's that makes sense. That's a good yeah. So what? Uh, Go ahead. So it sounds like you are telling the listeners. <laughs> To bump wholesaling, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Because we're, like, I am, I hundred percent am. Do you suggest people s- like start with that route, or do you suggest a different route for people? Because honestly, you start? are where you are, and we are where we are. Most people are because they go through this Be- furnace because of the furnace, a hundred percent. And and you can make money in the furnace, but it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I I say all this bad about wholesaling now. There's a ton of benefits, right? Like once you get once you can get out of wholesale purgatory, it's really a pretty cool place to live. What would you say that is? Like five, six, seven like how many deals so, would you say? So I, I don't think it's so much it's deal. Not a deal. Because it's once again, for us, like we've only done 
I think of our own deals this year. I think we've done like 30 deals. We've JV'd on like another, I don't know, 10 or 15 or something like that. Um, but we've only done like 30 deals. So you mm-hmm. see these other guys that are like, we do 30 deals a month. I'm like, you know, yeah, forget gr- that. Good for you. you How can I do 30 yeah. deals? What have you done in revenue from those 30? Um, so we've done, we're at about 1.3 million. We should finish pretty close to one and a half this year. That's awesome. Was that your goal? Or Our goal is 1.4. Yeah. Okay, so that's awesome. So that's good, yeah. So, so it seems like you achieved that with larger not more like trying to do more deals, but trying to get bigger. I want to do better deals, right. And our team is like fairly nimble. So I've got me and then I have um, my admin, Brandy, who's like my right hand. So when I talked earlier about figuring out what you're good at, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not good at integrating stuff. Like if you tell if you gave me a task and said, Dane, go how like we were talking about, go figure out this CRM. Like I'm the worst person. It's going to take, I take that back. Like, I could figure it out. I'm not terrible at it, but it's going to be slow, and I'm going to hate life. I'm going to hate it. I hate that stuff, too. And it's going to go slow because I hate it. You're good at it, but I don't know if you like like it it either. But he does it. Yeah. But I have to. (laughs) You got to, I mean, that's. Because we don't have Brandy on our team. We got to find a Brandy. You need to find a Brandy, yeah. Like, you need to find a true integrator that that's what they do, and that's what they thrive on. Yeah. Yeah. And she loves that. Like, she loves putting a system together, and she's like, this is just running so well. And I'm like, yes, that's what we need. And um, and so Brandy is like the bomb. And then next, Brennan. I, I need to really like put a lot of respect on Brennan's name. He's been with me. So Brennan, my little brother, has been with me for like three years now. He's been with me the longest. And he's the most crucial piece to our company, period. Because if Brennan didn't help me, like we wouldn't have been able to do anything that we needed. Mm-hmm. And so Brennan runs our sales, and he's like a monster deal- closing deals. He's become incredible at it mm-hmm. so brennan was instrumental and then we picked up brandy and brandy was able to help me and brennan just get organized and it was crazy just adding brandy we went from doing 300 grand to 800 grand the next year from one wow. person on a three-person team that's awesome man. and then we've got um and then we've got a couple more people right now we've got tyler and jason that work with lead management and sales and so our team, and then Nate helps as well. He's he's admin, but um, but we've got crossover. So Nate and Brandy help run our ecom business as well. So I really think the sweet spot is like you know a team of like I don't know three to well you can make it as big as you want, but probably like three to five or six is including you is where you can get to a sweet spot where you're out of wholesale purgatory where. You're not necessarily like hanging out on a beach making money, mm-hmm. but the the machine and system is running not only on your efforts. Right. Yeah. And so we've got to a place now where like you know for the most part I go in and I like the high level stuff and I love building the team and doing things like that. But I don't like I don't even know how the CRM works because That's like probably a good feeling. Yeah. Like I, I we have a new CRM. I don't even know how it works. I know that That's it does so cool. drip campaigns and it's supposed to help us be more efficient and run our KPIs. But other than that. I mean, once you get to a place You're like, like... I don't even know what our KPIs are. It's getting figured out. <laughs> no, no, I can tell you our KPIs. Okay. You need to know those as the business okay, owner. Good. But, like, um, but yeah, it's really kind of... I got of a question a, for you. How many leads would you say your, your team is getting a week, like, to, to work with? We're getting about... Well, so we... Last quarter, we were trying everything. We were doing freaking mail and PPC and Facebook and radio and cold calling, and we were doing everything. And... I find that 
for some reason, we're really good with phone marketing. That's always where we've made our money. Cold calling, calling, texting, and RVM. It's where we've always made our money. In fact, when texting, before texting got big, we created our own texting platform and we printed money. It was insane how much money we made. You came into our office and you showed us your little drinky dink. Oh, Ranky Ding! And I was like, sure. this thing sucks. <laughs> it was so cool. Uh, we made so much money from that, though. It was dude, insane. Dude, texting was the greatest thing ever oh, oh, great. back in the day. Now yeah, it's so great. It's tough now. It's tough now. Yeah, it's tough now. Do you still use your own service that you built? No, we don't use it anymore just because, like, I'm finding to run, like, a tech operation, it's a lot to have a developer that's always fixing problems and all that stuff, and it just... I find that with the wholesale company, I, in the end of the day, I want to try to outsource the lead flow, and I just want leads coming into the company and us being focused on closing them and selling them. That's it. You were doing everything last month. What would you say you were getting? The whole month, the week, how were you split it? How many leads would you say you were getting? So we were getting, in fact, I can look it up here. But While you're uh, looking that up, if you're not doing your own marketing now, how are you getting leads? So we cut out pretty much all that crap, and we said, what, what are we good at? Well, we're good at freaking phone marketing. And so we went and we have, so we have two full-time cold callers that we've had all year, um, but their connect rate with the dialers gotten worse and worse. In fact, this last quarter, they were like 1% connect rate. I called them. I said, look, like you have to fix this or I have to find somebody else because this is a dialer is this issue. A company or yeah. It's a company. Yeah. Oh, I outsource the cold calling. I don't want to manage cold callers. I don't want to train them. I don't want to check on ever. the dialer. I don't want a cold call use? company. Um, we, the verdict is still out on who's any good. So feel free to reach out to me or I can talk to you guys later. But I don't have somebody. If you would have talked to me at the beginning of the year, I said, these guys are the jam, but they just haven't been nearly as good since. Oh, yeah, way slowed down. So this quarter, we've gone just phone marketing. So we're doing RVM, we're doing text messaging, and we're doing cold calling. And and we've made more money this quarter than last, I think largely because we spent so much energy on stuff last quarter that just – didn't produce for us um so that was really interesting now these numbers i would say are a little bit um wonky because if you're doing if you're we doing have six cold callers do you yeah from egypt and uh they produce like two leads a day each one to two one to two leads that, a day that's each. about what we're seeing from cold okay. calling too yeah and they're a toss-up always it's always like oh. house is great condition they're open to selling. It's like that's like 90% of the leads. We've tightened up ours where I said, hey, like, you need to get better information here. You can't work for us. Okay. Like, I want to have these criteria filled out almost every single time. And if that isn't filled out, like, don't even send it through. Because I want our guys, like, focused on on doing good things and working with good leads. Um, Something to consider. Yeah. It's hard. It's always hard to do, though, because those, those cold callers, they just want to push stuff through. Yeah, 100%. That's what we have lead managers for. Filter that out. Right, right. All right, so Q3. Now, the now I think this is really, I think this is important to understand. If you're doing RVM, like, your number of leads is just going to be insane. Okay. Um, so our and you're counting a lead as someone calling back, I'm assuming. I'm counting a lead as, like, we have, so we break it up as, like, total leads, uh, total contacted leads, and then total interested leads. Okay. So, like, for Q3 last uh, last quarter, we had, you know, we had, what, 
1,121 total leads. 724 of those were contacted. 42 were interested. In the whole quarter? Mm-hmm. Okay, 1,000. Yep, just oh. a little bit over 1,000. And that's with you trying everything from PPC to... And, and the total RDM. leads are like, you know, this is like, this is... This isn't like everybody calling in, right? So, like, if we do all of them, like, you know, I've got a million RVM, we've got six million cold calls, we've got a hundred thousand SMS. I mean, like, the amount of marketing that went out is insane. So, the total leads, I would say, is like, you know, a little bit quantified. They there's some reason to actually call them back. So this isn't like just a callback. Yeah, this is something where we said, hey, there's some reason to call them back. Um, cause I think it's extremely important for these new wholesalers watching to know how much it requires to get a, you know, leads to come into you your hear, business. Did right? you hear his outreach? You're close to like 10 million. Oh, it's insane. Outbound actions. It's absolutely you have insane. To. Yeah. Now, are, do you have anything set up to protect you from ambulance chasing attorneys from your texting, your RVM? Do you have like a, we have, haven't had any problems. Um, you have it set up like an offshore account or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, Like we have a separate phone number. Like I tell our team, we're really specific. Hey, like never give anybody your own cell phone. Never tell them your last name. We always use a general, um, when somebody calls, I don't say, Hey, this is blank or this whatever. Is, this is blank home buyers. I say, hey, this is <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Whoever you don't like, you don't, Just kidding. no, I say, I say, I say, Oh, this is, uh, this is Dane or Jason or Brandy, whoever, uh, with the home buyers network. Okay. Home buyers network, I like that. Yeah, so that's how we answer. Good luck it. coming for us with the home buyers network. <laughs> yeah, it's just really general and. Okay, so you don't have like an offshore account where you pay your, uh, you know, you don't pay so from like the only account. person that we've ever heard that does that is that one guy. We have a guy that he found a way to pay for his texting, cold calling, all that through an offshore account. So they like if they try to track it, it goes to that. Supposedly, hmm. that's not a bad that's idea. A that's a supposed thing. He, the yeah. dude does like a. That being said, it's just like being an entrepreneur is just risk management. Right. Like, like you know, what is the likelihood that you get nailed for TCPA stuff? I know one person, one, and I know thousands of investors. I know one person that changed their marketing because they got scared bad enough by the state attorney to stop RVM, and that was in the state of Florida. That's really finicky. I know buckets of others that get complaints or notices and they're like i just ignore them so i'm just i'm still a little shocked so 10 million in outreach pretty much in the court in the in your third said six million rvm three some million cold calls yeah three million cold calls that's no, that's was, from the dialer that was dials 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 yeah, so dials well, outreach right outreach. yeah yeah so that's outreach so Corey, keep you know, you're the mark. He, he kind of runs our marketing he does run our marketing so keep that in mind that's like that's the volume so you know, Dan, I have a question. Um, going back to <laughs> should people start an wholesale? Yeah, yeah. So, or okay. should they do something else? So we, I say all this in that I think that I think that it really is important to know yourself. So, what do you really want to get out of a business, and what do you want to learn? Like, honestly, if I would have put all this energy into ecom, I'd probably be worlds ahead. Or if I would have put it in crypto, um. I'm I'm so bullish on crypto. Like, if you have any desire to be an entrepreneur, go put your energy in crypto. Like, I think that's the best way to become a billionaire. With like, is that buying crypto? You're saying, or is that like starting a business that creates crypto? I mean, there's so many ways. Like, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and this guy was like, 
he had a marketing agency and they changed in 2017 to a bunch of his marketing streams dried up and he said and the crypto boom was happening and so they rebranded themselves as like the company to come to to really like market an ICO for a crypto launch and the business went berserk yeah i think there's so many ways that you can position yourself around crypto whether it be buying it whether it be creating services around it whether it be learning to code I mean, the the world there is limitless. If I were to, honestly, if I were to start a new business today... Are you doing that, by the way? Are you trying to get into that space? I am. Okay. I don't know how You're it's going to come bro. to You're... fruition yet, but I am. Because, I mean, I was on a... Some, one of my buddies just reached out to me from college and was like, hey, do you want to hop on a, a webinar about how you can invest in this new venture that, like, right. you know, they'll give you crypto in return for, like, investing... In like gold, like I don't know, I didn't understand. It's a gold it. token and the crude oil, and the you've been, you've heard it. I bought it. Yeah. Oh, you got into that? Uh, I got. How, I how, got what, uh, what ten did, oil shares right so now. So what did you pay? Gold. What is it like a thousand? It was like a thousand per share. Of it was the, like two thousand when I bought. So okay. I was later than some of the earlier guys. Okay, oh, so then. you're in on that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I like so twenty I, G's I, in there. I, yeah. I did heard that and I was like, I really don't understand. Like, cause but the payback on it and the the reason I made the decision to pull the trigger on that one is because like with the zero price appreciation, now knock on wood, it doesn't go to zero. Everything can go to zero in crypto, but with no price appreciation and very little marketing right now, it's a six month payback. Mm-hmm. And I was like a 50% return on my money where I can buy these yeah. miners before the price appreciation. I like that bet. And I think there's a lot of people that are going to like a crypto asset that has a little bit more backing. Now, it's not tied perfectly to gold or oil or any of that. But I don't know of any other projects that have a, a real-world value proposition Tangible. like that. When did you get it? When did you buy it? Um, I bought about a couple weeks ago. Okay, yeah. I yeah. had that call last week, and it was interesting. Yeah. It seems like people are making money from just trying to sell people the sh- – what do they call them? The shares or, like, what – Yeah, the, the shares. Yeah. Yep. So – that, that's a business right there. People just having these webinars that are selling you the shares, and I'm sure they're shovel. getting a, they're probably getting a cut, right? Selling a shovel. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's, absolutely. So the, Okay, but you're just saying, like, the crypto space is a great space to get into, whether you're selling the, sh- you know, the shares, you're doing something. Oh, yeah, there's so many opportunities. You get on YouTube, like, I've spent probably 100 hours on YouTube in the last month, in the night, just, like, on this addiction to try to find massive gains, like... It's stupid. And I'm telling you, like, I've got I've got a few hundred thousand bucks in crypto. I'm trying to get more that I could sink in there because I really think, like, you go hit a 5 or a 10 or a 20x, I'm like... And it's like you oh, in the no beginning do, losing no your house. You're like, estate. who cares? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. And so, yeah, if so back to your it. question. I think that real estate's a beautiful place to start. In fact, I was talking with one of my mentors um, Joe, that I talked about with you a little bit before, mm-hmm. um, and Joe's just dope as could be. I love Joe. With Joe's help, we've been able to just grow exponentially, and I've learned I learned more in my six months of working with Joe than I earned in my six years of going to college. Like, easy. It wasn't even freaking close. And so as far as, like, real-world business experience, now you could get business experience in a lot of places, but... I got so much value from learning real estate and like you're saying, being in the fire, feeling the heat. If you have a desire to do real estate, like go do it. I think you should 100% go do it. I'm telling you it's hard and I'm telling you it's a grind. It 100% is. But if that's where your heart and desire lays, 
then go do it. Like there's a million ways to make a buck. Go do real estate, start wholesaling, and just be true to yourself and honest about what you like and be willing to pivot away. My wife has said a number of times, she's like, Dane, like you said that you that this pace of work would slow eventually. She's like, when is it going to? Right. And and it's it's a it's, I don't think it's gonna slow down, bro. If you run a wholesaling business, it's not it's rare that you can spend a minimal amount of time on wholesaling and like just go kick it with your family. There's not many people pulling that off. Now it feels like there is when you're on YouTube and stuff and everybody's selling the dream. There's yeah. not many people and full disclosure, I probably work like 10 hours a week in my wholesale company. Mm-hmm. Like I if you set up your meetings and you you can have your report set up like I, I probably spend 10 10 hours a week. It's not that much. But I'm busy building other things, and I've been able to take a little bit of step back to spend time with family and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I would say I would say go for it if you like wholesaling. Just understand it's not easy, but if you're willing to put in the work, like there's an obscene amount of money to make. And I think one of the things I wanted to know when I was starting out is everybody says, "Oh, I made a million bucks." Well, what'd you take home? Take home. Like I don't care that you made a million dollars. It sounds great, you know. Like uh, someone could say, "Oh, I went on a." I went on a date with like Britney Spears back when back in the day when Britney was cool. Well, you know, I gotta carry one on a date with her. Like, was there any more to that? I mean, who cares? So, so, so from your experience with yourself and other high level investors, what's the what's the profit? Like, what are they actually taking home? So, there's a ton of people that like quote unquote make did a million dollars in a year that are like ten percent or less profit margins. Really? So they're taking home less than a hundred grand. For the money that they're generating. And the rest is going to paying, marketing, paying their commissions their team, and fees. And whatever taxes. they're doing. Wow. And I would say a lot of that's because people suck at running a business. Like you have to. You have to know your numbers. And and I remember hearing that as a new person. And frankly, like you're running so fast and trying to do so many things when you're new. And there's so much going on. That like knowing your numbers, if you're not an integrator person, maybe that's not the most feasible thing because you're just throwing everything against the wall and just trying to see what sticks. Mm-hmm. But if you if you can nail them down and figure them out early, that's great. If not, you know, like understand that needs to come in time. But once you have it dialed in and you're running at a good rate, like you should be somewhere between if you're really like pedal to the floor. In my opinion, maybe you dip down to 20-ish percent. It certainly shouldn't be dipping down much more than that if you have it dialed in. But if you're more at a place where you're more stabilized, you're running lean, like there's no reason that you shouldn't. You should for sure have the goal to be running like a 30% profit margin business, Mm -hmm. 40 or 50 maybe if you're doing a lot of JV deals because that's like a very little cost type of business. So... That's what I mean. That's what I would say. We're running, you know, we're running at like a forty-ish percent profit margin type of business for our business, and that's because I'm pretty lean. Like some of these guys have like a ten-person team, and mm-hmm. you know they're doing all and they're in all these markets. If that's something you want to do, then like by all yeah, means. Yeah, I would say the nationwide model is is more like cost. It costs more to run that. You need more people, more, right? You know, local. It's you can do more lean, but right. then you gotta be doing a ton of marketing like you're doing. You know. Right. Because you're not getting a lot of uh, people unless you're, you're spending the money. Right. 
And once again, like I, I knew pretty early on, I just wanted to have an operation that was efficiency is way more interesting than volume. Like, yeah, that's what you told us in the past. Like, who, what's the take home? Who cares how, how yeah. much money you're bringing? If you're doing five, four million, if you're only taking home, like, you know, barely anything, that's yeah, just like, a lot of work like for nothing. Say you're taking home half a million bucks. Like, that sounds like a lot, but for the income that you're producing, you should be taking home a lot more. Like in point in case, and here's a really interesting example. And I know, and we'll, or we need to wrap up here, so maybe this is kind of like the last point. But like I found from the wholesaling company has allowed me to do other businesses. So we have our e-com business, which is like a done for you private label. We don't do any more of this drop shipping BS. Anyone that tells you that that's a smooth sale and passive income is a liar. It doesn't work. Period. <laughs> I know from personal experience. So don't go buy any of that crap. <laughs> Call me, and we'll set you up with a real product. With real branding, with real... Are you taking on more clients? Yeah, we will be. We will be. So if When's you, the timeline? So we're right now, I've got our first batch of clients that we've pivoted over to private label. Um, all of their products should be implemented within the first quarter, by the end of first quarter next year. And so we'll be looking for new clients somewhere in first quarter next were year. Were any of them upset about the drop shipping that was pitched to them, and now it's 100%. Switched? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Happens. But what they but what they understand now is that rather than like drop shipping was a really cool like quick quick rip when it was working we were printing money it was awesome, but if we compare it to real estate it's really like you know hey we created a whole a wholesale business for you, and rather than that we're creating like a we're creating a company that builds an apartment complex and we sell that thing, and so the time Got frame it. takes Got longer. But the investment is about the same, and the upside is absolutely massive. Like I was telling you guys, I mean, we could you could go flip your initial investment. Like, those are crypto returns. Gotcha. Like, we're talking like 10 to 100x on your initial investment if it goes. What does the initial investment look like? Um, so, it depending upon the services that we provide, I mean, typically we're somewhere between like twenty-five dollars and $35,000 to get started. Um, and then we take it from there. We identify the product we do all the product research we do all the branding we we launch the product i mean it's the same as a real estate deal where you're like a credit partner so you come in you give the initial investment so we have the funds to get you up and going and then you've got to bring your credit you need a minimum of at least fifty thousand in addition to the 25 so 25 is like cash that's gone and then you, do, you need an additional 50 grand in credit Revolving available credit. to be able to go do the selling and launching yeah. it and so the hope is, is that within the first year of selling, a uh, year to 18 months, once we get you up and going, we go and sell that thing for, a, a, you know, anywhere from a four to a 12 multiple on your net income. So if we make 100 grand in the year, we sell it for 10x, we sell that business for a million bucks, we split those profits, and you're off to the races, and we can rinse and repeat. So that's a really cool business. The wholesaling has allowed me to go do more businesses. We have that one. I have my warehousing company. We have, I have my crazy. crypto investments. You need, you need like, to calm down, bro. You're doing it uh, all. I, like, How many businesses you got? Let's list them real quick. You got wholesaling, uh, dog, dog breeding, dogs, <laughs> e-commerce, e-com, warehousing. warehousing. I don't know if you want you to You love businesses, like, bro. You but love I, it. And that's the thing. Like, I make so much more money in businesses than, like, anything else. It's not even close. And so the wholesaling got you there. So that's yeah, what the, the, the audience allowed me the, the audience wants to, to go know do that. that. But hey, you're also a smart guy, so you know not all, everybody's going to be able to just grasp. Saying how not to, everyone's smart. Not, I mean, sure. hey, 
But if you're smart enough to make a few hundred grand in real estate, you can make millions, you know, in real estate or elsewhere, however you want to apply yourself. So I I would say let the wholesaling be the avenue to make some money. It is a good avenue. I mean, it's not that intense. And maybe you freaking love real estate. You know, maybe you do wholesaling. You're like, I'm the real estate guy. And if you're that guy, you know, freaking go buy rentals and flip houses and build the monster of an enterprise. Like, by all means, if that's you, then do it. I think the biggest thing is just to be true to yourself and what you like and what you're good at. Well, let's end on that, man. That was awesome. Hey, uh, Investor Thrive Nation, Dane. Dane. Is the man we're gonna put his contact? What, what what can we put in the description so yeah, they reach out so to you? Yeah, so feel free to reach out to me. Probably my, like my email is best. It's, okay. just, it's just Dane D A N E at Blink Home Buyers Buyers Plural dot com. And we'll put that in the description on the YouTube channel. Please yeah. share the video. Let's get some. I mean, we we're just trying to grow our little uh, podcast as well. So share yeah. that with people, and you know, let's help people learn from our experiences. Yeah, absolutely. So and thanks. any of your guys that want to reach out, I'm happy to help them any yeah. way that yeah. I can. You know, it'd be reach out to Dane. You know, he'll buy your deal he'll help you wholesale your deal mm-hmm. you know e-commerce we'll build e-commerce, a business build together. a business together. he's yeah. got you he's got <laughs> we'll you he's got you You're back but anyway Vester Thrive Nation thanks for coming in we're gonna end and uh, we'll see you next week see you guys bye